Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We are on our 13th episode. Oh, very excited, very excited. Today we have a great guest. Um, this episode is brought to you by Dacius Facilities Management. Dacius Facilities Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services such as cleaning, vendor management, and construction. Call them now, 617-237-0106. Um, this episode, it's exciting because we have a great guest. His name is Jeff Policar. Jeff Policar, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming in and we appreciate it. And like we like to start, who is Jeff Policar? <laughs> hey, how long we got? <laughs> uh, take your time. Uh, well... If you ask me who I am today, I, um, I'm a father of uh, three, husband of one, and uh, entrepreneur, business person, marketer. I also started a podcast last year, and so I congratulate you on yours. I know it's a very demanding uh, commitment, yes, but it's also it very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on that. I, I love your setup. Um, I look at all these things because um, that's something that I really like for young kids, even in our, yes. in our home country in Haiti, yeah. from Nigeria, but you know, still same. So it's it's uh, it's great to see. So that's me in a nutshell. My music is um, I'm not gonna say it's part of my past because I still do music now. It's okay. just a different a different way. So I do jingles for some of my clients. Okay. Um, I create music for some of their videos and some of their uh, ads. Oh, wow. Uh, but I also do some music for fun. Um, but that part is very um, rare or not not, neat, not rare per se, but I guess not as often as it was before. That's for sure. Because that's kind of how I started my my career, if you will, in, in music. So oh, okay. my, my, my transition from music to... Um, to the business world and to marketing happened when I went to college and I had to pick something that um, was a little bit more of a plan A and have music okay. more of a plan B, um, which is what I did. And and I'm very happy that I chose marketing because it still allows me to be almost as creative, if not more, uh, than wow. music. Yeah. Because you can explore a lot of different creative uh, uh, interests, if you will, um, when you are working in marketing so okay. that's basically me in a nutshell um yeah i've also i also have a big passion for filmmaking i've had the pleasure and honor of participating in in, in a few haitian movies um, oh, that wow. i really enjoyed doing also and it sparked my interest so much that uh, i actually went back to school to study a little bit of uh, film production so i could I'd be i could be a little bit more uh, uh i guess uh, comfortable or or um, 
knowledgeable in the field yep. and uh, yep, you're right well it also allows me to use that skill for my marketing as well oh man that's a lot but one thing we like to do is to to take a time and to go deeper on on our conversation and mm-hmm. you have a huge history so anybody who knows the Policar family they will talk about your father Reginald Policar <laughs> what can you tell us about him <laughs> well um, it's weird because you know I have a, obviously a much different relationship uh, with him okay. than a lot of the people who know him for his music so to me he's, he's just my dad he's a talented musician yeah um, because of him and thanks to him I developed um uh, some talent not quite as much as, as <laughs> his um, because even before I came out into this world uh, I was listening to music from my mom's womb and I, and I always say that and it's true because it does it did have an impact I had a natural ability to understand music to listen okay. to hear and to reproduce uh, what I hear uh, okay. I had some I had some classical and, and uh, uh, training and stuff when I was young, so it gave me an, an extra boost. But overall, I think it was from listening to my dad playing music all the time. If he wasn't him playing piano, it was some sort of CD, or I guess back then it was uh, um, vinyl uh, of playing. And it it helped me develop the skills that I, that I have, even if it's not great anymore. But well, wow, come on, man, you 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 just you just being humble. Come on, Jeff. Come on, man. You did you did Whoa. a lot, man. So, but my question now. <laughs> How did you get introduced to music? I know your father did, but can you remember what happened? Very good question. Um, I think I got introduced officially when I went to uh, play or learn, take classical lessons at okay. uh, uh, Madame Villedouin uh, in Haiti. Um, and from there, I noticed that I did have the natural talent to learn fast and to understand and to read music and, and stuff like that. So. Um, After that, you know, when when you do classical, it's completely different, by the way. So it's not it's not at all the same as to any other type of music. But it it sparked my interest to also start playing music and listening to other types of music. Believe it or not, which was a clash for me and my dad because the music that I was listening to was because <laughs> of my age and yeah, it was the new generation. You know, that was mostly device uh, tandas. Um, For the most part, and he he did not like that at all. No. As a matter of fact, he forbid me to play music at the house uh, when I was a young teenager, um, and telling oh, me to man. go play some drums. Yeah, because that it didn't really go well with him uh, that I I chose to do that. And, okay. But to me, as as a kid, that's natural. Um, It's, I think I do understand that I know I, I, I needed to listen to other things but I think there's a different way to approach it when uh, you're talking to a, a teenager that's teenager. already rebellious yeah. and trying to establish his own um, um, trying to establish his own personality this is very interesting because um, if you follow us on YouTube and maybe on all our podcasts everybody um, who are Asian they talk about the family dynamic where it was kind of difficult for them and they had some pressure and i understand what you're telling me that is you had some pressure from your interest in music and what your dad wanted you to play can you go deeper on that yeah the pressure came when um i 
started to really like rehearse or perform i started a band like a small band in the neighborhood okay and we started playing music at the house loud music at the house music that my dad didn't like so it automatically created a a a a a flash so what happened is that i only had to play when he was not home whenever he got home i had to stop um i remember that so it's almost like we had people looking outside to make sure that when he when he (laughs) is coming not to even let him listen to one note you know so uh that's one thing and after that um when we couldn't play at the house anymore i had to play in another neighborhood close by where i used to take some of the instruments that i had and and go and perform somewhere else and eventually my brother and i we teamed up you know that's that's when really we took it a little more seriously and i remember we got an album deal when i was maybe like 16 years old yeah and for the reason why we got the album deal is because of my dad he set up a meeting with us with uh Ujubi Ashol okay. from Novajini Astro uh may he rest in peace he was a exceptional producer and greatly missed in the Haitian uh, music industry yep definitely and he gave us a chance even before he listened to any of our music i wow. I, i literally made up the titles of the songs at the meeting i didn't even have <laughs> any songs written yet i maybe had two and he asked me what are the titles of the songs and at the meeting i was i created the entire album that like, this is on sunday number one number two number three and i and i made up a lot of the titles and we had to stick by them and then after that we went um to writing the songs and 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 creating the songs and and we released our first album in 1998 and i was 18 years old or almost 19 years old and um and then after that i went straight to college so whenever what that time happened going to college just when everything kind of shifted so okay so school a little bit more seriously than the music and then after that we did another album while i was in college because our friend uh Michael Alien was also part of the, the group. And okay. we were all Michael was in Miami. I was in Rhode Island. My brother was in Haiti at the time, so it was very difficult. And, and after that, when I moved to Miami, we started Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit is, you know, I guess same type, um, but different group of musicians. Yep. But it was just a fresh start. I wanted to be okay. that. So the reason why I called my band T-Dose, by the way, yeah, <laughs> T-Dose. My dad was not supposed to do when it was Caribbean guy yet said wow so but i detached i wanted to detach myself from TV so we did with the Fahrenheit and then we had some good success with Fahrenheit we had the the pleasure and opportunity yep. to 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 travel a lot in the french islands uh a lot you know in in the US and Canada uh Europe France uh, specifically and and you know we we were good for a while and then after that i guess the interest for music wasn't the same you know and then um, Can you say? Can you tell us what changed? What exactly has changed in your interest? Is it because of the commitment? Is it because of the situation in Haiti? Or can you go deeper? You know, it's. I think the music situation. Doing it for a while, the traveling, and I think I just wanted a little bit more stability, including my brother. A lot of times, you know, we played. For empty rooms, also, so that's part of the process. Okay. A lot of times, we played in, in very full rooms too, which is also part of the process, and that was great. But when you look at the instability of it, um, the, it's not 100% reliable. Um, and the nightlife, um, yes. wanted to start a family, wanted to do other things. 
the money, which was also not great at the time. Because we, yeah. we see all those great bands making good money and being successful. We don't see all the ones that are not making it. So we think <laughs> that when, you get, when you're in music, that you're going to make money, but we no, just don't see the ones that true. are not making it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so right. we're just not only financial, but that commitment. I think the only, the big mistake that I personally made uh, in music is not working hard enough. I was too reliant on my talent. So if anybody's listening here, especially young people, do not rely only on your talent. When you look at someone like Yanis, that we spoke about earlier, is he yeah. talented? Of course. It is. And is he, he, his body is designed to play basketball. But guess what? If he sits uh, on his butt all day and just relies on his talent, he's not going to go far. He's just yeah. going to go a little bit, maybe for a little a little while, but after that, everybody's going to go beyond him. So that's what happened to me, I think, is just I didn't put enough hard work into my craft. I didn't practice enough. I, I just relied too much on my talent, and it caught up to me. And it happened that a lot of times we, go, we went to perform with no practice, thinking that we're just good. We're talented, we're good, when we could, we could do it. And... <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Wasn't the case at all. Yeah, you know, no, so that was part of it too. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad the the advice because it's come from somebody who who did it and who who is just telling us what's what's to expect when you're not committed 100. Um, let's go to your education. So, how was your transition from playing music and looking for a professional job like in marketing? Well, I graduated college in 2003. So when I graduated, my my goal was to actually move to New York and start my career there. Um, I don't know if you know about marketing, but a lot of times when you get a marketing degree, some of the first jobs you're going to get is going to be in sales. Um, so that was a rude awakening for me. Um, and not necessarily having a, a background in sales, but obviously I was open to taking any job that would uh, help me advance in my career. So, but I didn't find anything in New York. I, I also was um, an uh, international student. Okay. So, which means that I can only work in the States for one year and then I have to go to Haiti. Okay. But in 2004, if you remember uh, in Haiti, there was, well, there's still, there's always something, but in 2004, always, always bad. something, man. Always something. Always something. So a lot of things happened in 2004 that discouraged me going back to Haiti because going okay. back to Haiti was also part of my plans. Um, and I made the decision to stay here in uh, in the States. And my grandfather at the time had a house in Miami. He invited me to come and start and looking for jobs there. So he opened his doors to me and I went there and I found my first job in sales. Um, did that for a while. And then after that, I did another job in sales. Um, did that for a while again, and then after that, I started working with the Haitian uh, Haitian companies for the Haitian uh, diaspora market. Okay. Being in diaspora myself, I'm like, and also having the marketing um, degree, yeah. Yep. I was helping companies in Haiti uh, that wanted to engage and communicate with Haitians that are outside of Haiti, which is where okay. I was. So I started doing marketing with different companies that um, wanted to um, engage and communicate with patients living abroad. And then that's really where I really started my marketing career. And then about seven years ago, after working with different types of companies as consultants and stuff as a consultant, um, and then I opened my own agency 
called Cool Ideas Marketing, which is uh, a full-time, uh, not a full-time, I'm sorry, which is a, a digital marketing agency. Okay. And um, still working with different um, Haitian uh, American uh, and uh, Haitian from Haiti also companies and still doing that, but also started working with other companies that are local small businesses and stuff like that and that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much uh, the journey and today I still do the same thing I have a few other companies that I represent that I work with and um, that's pretty much it wow wow that's that's very and impressive but um one thing too I, I just <clears throat> when you were talking I, I realized that you said you you had to go in New York and then take a job in sales and you, you you said you didn't have any previous experience there so what was your conf, um, confidence level taking that job great question um well i didn't go to new york i wanted to go to new york uh okay. but i didn't find anything in new york i found something in miami and that's when my grandfather told me that i could move to miami to his house um to start you know my my career here so that's okay. what i did But my first job um, as a salesperson, what I did is I used to sell ads. Um, if you're familiar with Winn-Dixie, it's a supermarket chain in, in Florida. Yep. And what it is is behind the receipts. If you ever look at a behind the receipt of a Winn-Dixie, you're gonna see local barber shops. You're gonna see local dry cleaners. You're gonna see okay. coupons from you know spas or whatever or restaurants. So that's what I used to sell. I used to have an area in Kendall, Miami, where I would visit with different local um, businesses, including restaurants okay. and um, and local shops. You know, even if I think, um, yeah, I think one of my clients was actually uh, a car repair shop, like a body shop. Wow. But anyway, so any any business that's looking to have local presence and have a, a coupon spot behind the Winn-Dixie receipts was a target audience for me. Okay. But as far as my confidence level, I was pretty confident, just not as confident as some of the guys that were training me, oh, which okay. is the reason why I had the boost of confidence after my first training session. I was like, oh, these guys, they made $1,000 that day in front of me. Wow. I'm like, wow, these guys made $1,000 commission <laughs> right in front of me uh and say see jeff you can do that too I'm like for sure i can do that you know if you guys can do it i can do it too the thing is we went to naples um and we went to areas where they knew also that it's very very profitable yeah and they made that commission so for me i when i was assigned my location my confidence level dropped because they assigned me a location where people only spoke spanish wow I don't speak Spanish. And the worst yeah. thing is, we'll say that I look a little bit Spanish. Yeah. So people looking at me speaking Spanish and me not understanding, almost they almost <laughs> think that I'm faking it and I'm a fake yeah. that I don't want to yeah. speak Spanish. So it was a complicated situation. I had to explain myself at the sense I'm not. I'm Asian. Um, I speak French and Creole. I speak English. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak Spanish that well. And they were like, well, sorry, we can't, we can't deal happened. with you. Wow. Yeah, because they they want to speak Spanish. They want somebody that they can communicate, which I understand sometimes. But it just was frustrating to try to communicate with them in English and them wanting to speak Spanish. So that only lasted maybe four months, where I, I realized that I could not make enough money um, 
in that in that area. So I tried to have it have me transferred, and I said, even I'll go to Naples where you made that one thousand dollars that day. Wow! If I can work there, you know, but it didn't happen that way. But that's that's okay. I mean, I think now that experience taught me how to become a better salesperson for sure. Yep. Uh, my next job, I was a lot more confident. But what I was doing, I was selling, I was selling over the phone um, water purifying systems. Okay. For households, so I was calling people while they were at dinner every day and telling <laughs> them, "Hey, you know, what kind of water are you drinking? You know, you should be drinking this water." You know, and <laughs> and <laughs> I was wow. telemarketer of the week a couple of times, so I guess I was good for a little bit. But after that, it gets it gets very difficult to continue in that kind of, you know, that kind of job. So that's when I went back to music, to be honest with you. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to keep calling people over the phone and trying to sell water through training systems. And let me go back to music. And that's when we created Fahrenheit when we went back. Okay. All right. So, um, like I said, this is great insight. And to be honest, I'm enjoying this a lot because I know some group from... Uh, I think when you get your first video, official video, T does, um, knowing now that there's a lot going on into music where a lot of group make a lot of money, but other group don't do that well. What can you tell us about Compa? Hmm. Ah, Compa. Well, first of all, I think Compa is rich. I think um, Compa is a rhythm. It's a rhythm that can be played in many different ways. It's just a beat. So yeah. you can put you can have jazz influence you can have roots influence you can have a lot of different R&B, types of yeah. R&B yeah very good very good one because a lot of people are using that now pop which Kaimi made a living doing you know combining pop and compa um, but my issue with compa and one of the reasons why maybe I got bored is the fact that it's too slow to evolve so one of my issues is Bands like Kaimi, for example, and I use that because I think they're one of the ones that uh, took that music the furthest, if I if I may. You know, you have Tabu Bombo, you have a lot of people yeah. that also took it far. Yeah. But Kaimi and the new generation is one that that took it the furthest. Even my, my wife, who's not Haitian, she's Cuban. Okay. When she listens to Kaimi, she, I do notice the difference because it's easier for her to remember the melodies. Yep. It's remember easier for her to sing along. Okay. Uh, they have a lot of English words. English words, yep, yeah, you're right. You know, so my issue is people, especially us Haitians, not supporting that because technically for them it's not compact. Which in two it, it's wrong in many on many levels. Number one, it is compact because it's the same rhythm. It's just okay. using other influences, it's just different types of melodies and yeah. and different arrangements, different uh, harmonies, but it is compa in its purest well not purest form, but it is compa. That's number one. Number two, it's your it's your country, it's your music, it's your roots, it's yeah. your fellow Haitian brothers and sisters. It's your so, identity. Identity. And they are taking this far into Europe, into Africa, into Asia, yep. with the flag. And yet instead of pushing them and saying you know let's push these guys you say it's not compa you say that they're sellout so i know it's a very specific example but to me some of those they were saying a lot of the same things to us too because we're not playing traditional yes yeah you're right or whatever 
yeah. we would say Kompa, but we try to incorporate other elements. I have other influence also that I wanted yeah. to do, and my brother and everybody else. So we received the same feedback a lot of times. Ah, these guys play, you know, Kompa stuff or, you know, whatever. It's not, okay, fine. But the younger generation really appreciated that because it makes it easier for them to remember melody. So the point that I'm trying to make is the issue with Kompa, I think, is the lack of evolution and the lack of willingness from the audience to accept that evolution because trying to do it is one thing but if you're trying to do it and then people are not coming to your performances anymore then what's the yeah. point because but, they want to stick to what they know yeah you know? yeah so and what you say makes sense um uh, my wife she she grew up here She, she was born in in you in the US Asian American and she knows Kaimi and and in college she was a president of the Asian Association and she invited those group to play but what you say made a lot of sense a lot of, yes definitely here they have more support but in 80 I think they did good but what you say yeah, I think you bring in more more insight now right they still did good because the music is good you can't deny it the, the thing is what I'm what I was referring to is the the the, um, the pushback yeah for the evolution that's what I mean so there is too much pushback there's not a lot of willingness to expand to do something different because we can't do the same music than we, we did 50 years ago if you listen yeah. to the radio not what I've been doing anymore you're gonna see songs that are three minutes long you're gonna see songs that have short intro verse verse you know quick, uh, yeah. chorus chorus short bridge boom second verse shorter boom and then done the song is done in like two minutes and 90 and two minutes and 40 seconds yeah and do that do that in compa and you see what what, what you'll see yeah you know, it's, all, it's all like, the radio yeah. will not play you say what is uh, that <laughs> two minutes where's the groove so i uh, i man. get that people want to uh. dance yeah but for radio format and for the the, the new times you have to be willing to accept these changes that will push the music and also incorporate other artists, incorporate other languages, incorporate okay. other melodies Jeff, and support that, you know? Jeff, I'm going to challenge you what you're saying. <laughs> Make a lot of sense. So now, we're just going to get into hot topic. So what can we do to get Compa to the next level? As a marketing guy, what can you do? Let's say you have a group, you're taking them to the next level what are you doing with them wow uh, it's funny you ask because um, maybe about five years ago I wanted to go into marketing and, and managing uh, young groups yeah so one of the things that I did what I wanted to do I never really succeeded in, or pursued that that um, that venture really is not only musically speaking improve the melodies so that the melodies could be more memorable number one shorten the music So it's not seven minutes long. Um, shorten the solos, the seawell. I love it. Trust me. <laughs> nothing makes me feel better. And I'm, I'm that's that's, oh, that's the part that people don't get. Nothing makes me feel better than listening to pure compa in my car. Like yeah. whatever. In the morning, it hypes me up and puts me in a good mood. And I'm yeah. talking about all kinds. Scott Dance, New York, Stars, Device, Italy, you New Look, Jacut, you name it. Class amazing I love them I really do and I, I, I wouldn't change those bands because those bands are great I'm talking about 
allowing other bands, like for example, Impulsive is doing it right now. Okay. They're doing it completely different. They're doing concerts. They're doing instead of battle because when you do a battle, it's different. You can only have a certain number of people per se. But when you're doing a concert, what you can see, because if I take my wife to a Haitian concert, she's not gonna yep. get it. She doesn't dance. She doesn't okay. dance, and I'm not a big dancer either. So what are we okay. gonna do? We're gonna stand by the bar and then and then listen all night. Where if you go to a concert, a more traditional, you sit and you listen. You can stand on the chair. You can yeah. dance. You watch. It's a show. So that's what I think. That's that's on the live scene. That's that should happen. Which is the reason again that Kaimi most likely you know T Vice did a lot of that stuff also. But Kaimi was really the ones that shine the most when you have these shows and in concert and possibly doing it now. And then finally, I think the radio stations need to play a big role into that too. Play our okay. music. When you go to Haiti, you 50% of the music is not Haitian. That's not that's not good because what hap- what's happening is that yeah, it's like we're contradicting ourselves. We're telling us, yeah. we're telling people that Copa should stay the same, but yet the taste of people are changing and they're listening to other things. The radio stations are playing these other things. Okay. But they're not playing the hip hop that they want to stay the same. Okay, but let's say so now, um, so compa direct versus new compa. Who are you choosing, and why? I'm always for the future and for evolution. Uh, I can, and if you look at even marketing ads, I look at that as an example. They are great. They are powerful with images that are, but you can see the graphics are not the same. You can see the graphics are black and white sometimes, and it's not as crisp and and, and digitally impressive. Okay. But we learn from them, and now it looks great. Movies, it looks better now. You almost feel like you're in the movie with the actors. Okay. But you're not gonna say that movie classic like The Godfather or old movies that don't have their place. They do. Papadiak has its place. That's what got us here. But new is where it can take us. Because why is it that you have people that don't speak Spanish that listen to Spanish music all the time? People that don't speak uh, Portuguese that listen to Brazilian music all the time. Okay. Uh, people that don't speak Korean but that, that listen to Korean pop all the time. Uh, the reason is because the melodies are a lot richer. Okay. Even if you don't understand what they're saying, but you can sing along. Yeah, the melody is universal, right? It's universal. Compai is a little bit lazy in the melody, a little bit lazy in the harmonies. Wow. And when you have to, well, you can't have a, a, a keyboard solo lasting a minute. Okay, that's good. But that's funny. Yo, that's funny. I never, I never laughed that much <laughs> in the podcast. But, um, but the guitar has to get the solo too. Don't forget the guitar, you know. They have to have, you have the, a groove, the guitar solo. Oh, you have man. a groove, uh, a keyboard solo. That's already two minutes out of the song. Oh man, you're right. So, but so I, I know we, we. This is great. This is great. I like it, and I think this give a great understanding of the new generation. If they want to pursue compa, get it to the next level. Listen to Jeff Policar. He did it. He did. Um, he had some failure, but he learned the lesson. So, last word for you, Jeff. Um, last word is um, I'm gonna say um, dream. 
you know, if I have one word in the dream, it, uh, you should be able to dream, you should be able to uh, achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. Uh, but don't just dream, have a plan. Wow. Because yep. I, I can't emphasize this enough. I had a dream of becoming a, a rock star myself and performing in front of millions of people. But I didn't really have a plan. I just, again, I thought that I was talented enough to just go and get on stage and just do it, which I failed at doing. I succeeded in some ways, but I think most like most of it was failure because I didn't really get to where I wanted to get. Again, my dream did not uh, become reality. So dream big, as big as you can. Dream until people laugh at you. You know, because if they don't laugh at you, it's probably because you're not dreaming big enough. So dream, but have a plan to back up that dream and also have the habits because the habits is what I didn't have either. Every day, every day, you, yeah. you work on your craft. Even if you're the best, you work on your craft on, every day, day, hours yeah. after hour after hour. And that's, oh, that's why. It, and if you happen to be Haitian and you listen to this and you happen to be playing music and combine and all that kind of stuff, dare to be different, dare to stand out and not do the same. You know, compa is the is, is beat. You can do whatever you want on it, literally. So, and, and listen, listen to other types of music. Listen, that's, 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 that's what I would say. And, and, and thank you, thank you, um, Jeff. We, we really appreciate it. One, one way we like to say it, it's embrace your calling. Embrace who you are yeah. and go yeah. go with it with a plan <laughs> right yeah. with yeah. a plan so we appreciate you Jeff um, this is our 13th episode with Divine Purpose Podcast this is Eddie Dacius we had a great time with Jeff Policar he's a marketing person he's a musician he does it all he has his own business he has his family and he is the son of one of the great Reginald Policar thank you <laughs>